Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into the USA Today Draft Bill podcast. I'm Chase Goodbread, the sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News. I'm joined, as I have been for the last six weeks or so, by Gentry Estes, the columnist with the Tennessean. Welcome aboard. The NFL draft is upon us. And if you'd like to overload your senses with just a little bit more draft talk, this is the place to do it. Gentry and I have had a guest on the podcast on a weekly basis here since we started doing this. Today, uh, on the eve of the first round of the draft, we're not going to have a guest. Instead, he and I are going to have some fun in uh, this, which will be the final episode for the year of Draftville. Kick around a mock draft of our own. We'll go back and forth. It won't be all mine. It won't be all Gentry's. We're going to alternate picks uh, all the way through the first round. Have some fun with it. See what we come up with. Appreciate the listeners uh, for joining us here, Gentry. Good to have you in as we kind of close things out uh, on Draftville right before things get started on Thursday night. Yeah, it's uh, it's finally here, and uh, it's that time of year that I think everybody's probably a little tired of all the uh, the mock drafts at this point. But this should be fun. We get to compete a little bit. We can uh, keep keep up with this and check back on it later and see how uh, see how these picks went. But it, it is, it, you know, I'm used to having to do the 32 picks myself, but it's kind of fun to be picking against someone. So let's, let's do it. Yeah, we should, uh, we should wager a stake or something on whoever gets the most picks right in the first round here or something like that. It'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. All right. All right, I'm going to kick things off. I'm going to go with the number one pick, stick with the odd number choices throughout the first round. Gentry will handle the team's drafting with even number choices. Going to start out with the Jacksonville Jaguars at number one. And I'm going with Evan Neal. He is not by any stretch the consensus pick for the Jaguars at number one. But he's the pick I think they ought to make. I wrote about that in the Tuscaloosa News a couple of days ago. They need, and I don't care that they just re-upped with Cam Robinson. Cam Robinson's a good football player. He's not a great player. At this point in his career, I think he probably belongs at right tackle. He's solid, uh, but he's not an answer at, uh, long-term at left tackle in any stretch of the imagination, in my opinion. So Evan Neal of Alabama could step in. Even if he doesn't play left tackle out of the gate, you need to play him at guard maybe for as a rookie. Go ahead and do it. Then you bounce him outside in year two. Uh, but Evan Neal would be a fantastic pick because they've got to protect Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Evan Neal would be a great way to get that job done. So uh Trayvon Walker and uh Aiden Hutchinson are the picks that uh most of the experts are calling for Gentry but I'm I'm starting this thing off with an upset yeah you laid out a pretty good case I thought uh in your column for Evan Neal I I I read that and I I agree with you on the Jags I I, I watched them twice last season and I think what they need whether it's Neal or or you know, I, I, they need help up front. There's Neil Arquanu. They need help up front. And uh, I agree with you, actually, on that pick. Number two, 
Detroit Lions take Aiden Hutchinson. That's just an easy one. Uh, being they'll go with the Michigan guy. Maybe not a need necessarily, but every team has a need for a good edge rusher. It's a premium position and a very good player. And I've been down on Aiden Hutchinson a little bit. I uh, basic based off the fact that uh, he was kind of a no show in that playoff game against Georgia. I've said that before, and uh, I, you know, in some cases you I wouldn't dock a guy for that. But if you're talking about a guy who might be the number one pick in the draft, you would like to have seen him do a little more in a game that important. But that said, I don't think he'll get past the Lions here if uh, the Jags don't take him. Hutchinson be a heck of a pick for Detroit for sure. I think there's going to be a pretty quick run on edge rushers, edge rushers early in this draft. You get that started with Hutchinson at number two. I'm going to continue it at number three. Go with Trayvon Walker uh, for those Houston Texans. You almost can't go wrong with a pick with Houston because they need everything. The franchise is a mess. Uh, they jettisoned some veterans midseason last year. You can point to virtually any position on the field, and it's an area of need uh, if you're the Texans. Uh, but Trayvon Walker, uh, arguably uh, the highest upside of anyone in this draft, we'll go with him for Houston. The Jets at four, and I know there's a lot of speculation out there about what the Jets are going to do with with their picks in this draft, especially, I guess, that number 10 spot. You know, it's been mentioned so much of them. With Debo Samuel and some of the speculation about the receivers, you know, the Jets just keep being mentioned, and a lot of it is because of draft capital. But assuming they they, they – we're not going to have any trades in this, by the way. At least I, I, I think it's probably best when you have two people picking to keep it simple. So assuming they pick it four, I'm going to go with uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the cornerback out of Cincinnati. I think it fills a need for them. And, uh, you know, again, it's another premium position. You get the best corner in the draft, and I think he pretty clearly is that this year. New York Giants picking at number five. They've got their share of needs, too. Rough year for the Giants, 4-13 and 13 in 2021. Offensive tackle, certainly an area where they could get better. Uh, we'll go with Ika Mekwanu. That's uh, two offensive tackles uh, for me at one and at five. But the outstanding tackle from North Carolina State will go with uh, the New York Giants for him at number five. There's a lot of different opinions on him relative to some of these other top players you, and, and wide ranging, too. There are some people who think he is just a generational talent at this position. And then there are some others who who don't buy it at all. So uh, I, I I don't know what to make of it, but I tend to agree with you on Evan Neal uh, being the top one there. But it wouldn't shock me to see Aquanu go first. All right. Panthers at six. This is the first spot that I think kind of screams quarterback. Uh, a lot of questions about what they're going to be doing with Sam Darnold and, and the position they're in. I don't think it's a given that they're going to take a quarterback right here, partly because I don't think there's just uh, there, there there isn't really a quarterback that, that kind of is an obvious top 10 pick this time. But I think the Panthers are just in that position. There's not really another need that makes sense for him them here. So I'm going to go Malik Willis, uh, quarterback. Out of Liberty, I think he's the going to be the top guy off the board, and and you never know, you never know what team likes which guy. You know, I remember Baker Mayfield going first a few years ago when nobody really saw that come until pretty close to the draft. So maybe Carolina likes has someone else they like, but it just makes sense for them to go quarterback here at six. 
Carolina's got to have somebody back there. There's no doubt about it. And and Lance Zerline, who was on with us a couple weeks ago, he had just done a mock at that point. Uh, and I think he had had uh, Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State, going to Carolina. And he pointed out that they don't have a second rounder. Uh, so, you know, that as badly as they need a quarterback, I'm with you. I think they pull the trigger right there because you're not going to, even if a good quarterback falls to round two, Carolina would have to make a deal to get into round two. So good call, I think, there for Carolina Gentry to to go ahead and take care of the quarterback issue right there. Uh, the Giants turn around, taking, uh, picking at number seven right away. Uh, again, lots of needs for the Giants. Here, I'm going to go with Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback from LSU, uh, a guy whose draft stock has seemingly kind of flown all around the board in the first round throughout the draft process. There was, you know, of course, at one point he was talked about as a slam dunk for the first corner to be chosen. Uh, and then you saw him mocked, you know, in the 20s uh, with his stock going down some. Now it seems to be up a little bit. It, it, it's been kind of a wild ride as far as draft assessments for Stingley. But the guy's a heck of a talent. And uh, the Giants, uh, again, with needs all over the place, I think I think cornerback would be a, a nice fit for them uh, at number seven overall to the Giants. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons, and you look at their situation with uh, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones no longer on the team. The, the pretty obvious need for them this whole time has has been receiver uh, to get a, a guy in the passing game. You're talking about a team, too, Chase, that took uh, Kyle Pitts last year. So, you know, they're really looking to, to, to find some people to catch passes there in Atlanta. I think this will be a receiver, and I think it'll be Garrett Wilson uh, from Ohio State. That seems to be the consensus out there. As far as who the top receiver is, I've looked at that. I, I don't really see that as a slam dunk this year. I think there's several guys that you could kind of make a case for there, but I would say the you say the consensus there would probably be Garrett Wilson. So we'll go with him at eight. Atlanta definitely needs some help in that regard. Having gotten rid of Julio Jones, obviously the Tennessee Titans, Calvin Ridley situation that gone from being strong at wide receiver to being weak there, uh, and. Uh, pretty quickly in a couple of years. So that's uh, that's a need pick for them, no doubt about it. Number nine, uh, the Seattle Seahawks picking in that spot. Kind of screams quarterback. They just got rid of Russell Wilson, sent him off uh, to the Denver Broncos gentry. So uh, I'm going to go with another quarterback, and I'm going to go with the one that, that you and I uh, have said on this podcast we kind of favor, and that would be Matt Corral from Ole Miss. Talented guy for sure. I, again, uh, he may not, he might not be going off the board this early. There might be other quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett, for instance, maybe going ahead of him, but I'm a corral guy. I think he's got a great deal of talent. His athleticism is, is outstanding. I think behind Malik Willis, to me, he's, he's the most, uh, second most athletic quarterback in this batch behind Willis. So, uh, Seattle, you know, and Seattle likes their quarterbacks to move around a little bit too. They're not going to get a statue back there running that offense. Uh, so, uh, Matt Corral at number nine for the Seahawks. That's a that's a fascinating pick, and and that is it's kind of putting our money where our mouth. We both have liked Matt Corral this whole time. We've talked about that on the podcast, and I I agree with you. I, I think he's a playmaker, and it wouldn't shock me if you're asking who has the potential to kind of go higher than everyone's thinking in the first round. He's certainly one of those players. All right, well, I'm picking for the Jets again. We're we're 
following up on Ahmad Gardner there at the four spot. Probably need to do something offensively. The, the Jets are one of those teams that you could Chase, you really make a case for almost any position with them. There, <laughs> maybe other than, than quarterback. I mean, they they there's a lot of needs on this team uh, on both sides of the ball still. And um, you know, I'm going to go for for a tackle here um, and say Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. He seems to kind of be the next guy after that group of Neil and Aquano. Um, and uh, Geo Cross is a guy who's gotten a lot of uh, a lot of attention. Here the last couple of years in SEC play, he's been a, been a been a strong player up front, and you know this just seems like that kind of draft where it wouldn't shock me to see three tackles go in the first ten picks. It's just that kind of year. Ross is a heck of a talent. There's no doubt. Pass protection is something he can get done. They need that. Look, uh, you know the, the the rookie quarterback that that the Jets had running around last year. The uh, that kid was running for his life. They got to protect him. It's not unlike the the Trevor Lawrence situation in Jacksonville. So uh, good pick there at ten uh, for the Jets to get crossed. The Washington Commanders uh, still sounds a little odd, rolling off the tongue. Washington sounds a lot. Commanders. Sounds a lot odd. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, lots of needs there as well. They've got the eleventh pick overall. Uh, I'm going to go Devin Lloyd here with Washington. Uh, they've got a talented defensive line for sure. They've invested a great deal on the defensive line in terms of high draft picks. Uh, I think they could use somebody behind those guys to clean things up a little bit. Devin Lloyd, uh, probably the best off the ball linebacker in this draft. And, and so we'll go with Lloyd uh, here to Washington they could go in a number of different directions, though. It, it, it's it's not easy to to pin down uh, what they might be looking at as their highest priority need necessarily. But Lloyd would be a good pick there. All right, and I, I think uh, here at twelve with the Vikings, I, I think a lot of people have seen them for Derek Stingley there at that twelve spot. So this is one of those things you, you the Giants jumping up and taking him at seven. Could put the the Vikings in a little bit of a scramble mode here. Uh, thinking, you know, I like Trent McDuffie a lot from Washington, so I'm going to go there. And uh, I don't know if that's a bit of a reach to to have him go in number twelve, but I think McDuffie's a heck of a player and 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 going to be a very good pro. So we'll go. The Vikings take uh, Trent McDuffie from the Huskies. All right, there you have that. Up next, and it, as you notice, we, we're getting into. Uh, uh, some teams already having to ta- ha- having taken uh, two selections early in this draft. The Jets obviously already with two picks. Uh, you gave them Gardner and Cross, for instance. I've got both of the picks for the Texans. Gave them Trayvon Walker uh, at number three overall. Uh, it's a tough call right here at thirteen on the on their next draft pick. Uh, a lot of good players on the board. I'm going to go with Kyle Hamilton, though, uh, the safety from Notre Dame. It's not necessarily a, a premium position, uh, which is – but that may be – the fact that it's not a premium position, I think, is one of the only reasons uh, that Kyle that, that could drive Kyle Hamilton down uh, this low in the draft. I think in terms of pure talent, he's pretty easily a top-ten guy. And Houston needs help everywhere, as mentioned. Uh, so Kyle Hamilton in that defensive backfield, that'll help them out a lot. We'll go there. 
he might be the best player in this draft. And I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that in terms of his ability. I, I remember going to a practice at Notre Dame the August before his freshman season and being told, watch out for this kid. And sure enough, I mean, he uh, he, he certainly flashed then. So for Houston to get Kyle Hamilton at 13 would be pretty pretty dang solid. Um, I think uh, the the Ravens coming in at 14, which is uh, – Man, that's that's a high pick for the Ravens. We're, we're going to start seeing these AFC teams, and you're like, man, yeah, you know, they're better than that. Um, I'll go with Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Feels about right uh, for an edge rusher here, and uh, a guy that I don't think will be on the board very long. No, I don't think so either. Uh, we had a mock draft. Uh, USA Today actually did a mock draft, and and uh, where Johnson went in the top ten to the Falcons. Uh, so, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, as a transfer from Georgia, he really didn't know, do a lot at UGA, but he got to Florida State, had a big year to close things out, really drove his draft stock up. Uh, and he's a Ravens type of guy, too. The Ravens look for a certain kind of player with an edge. Uh, they like guys with, with, with personality. He's definitely got that. I've talked to him a little bit at the Senior Bowl this year. Uh, he, he seemed to me like he'd be a nice fit. In Baltimore, Philadelphia Eagles, Gentry picking at that 15 spot. Uh, quite a few needs with Philly as well. Uh, I think the linebacker position is, is, is one that, that they could certainly stand to boost. How about Nicobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia, uh, who was such a playmaker for the Bulldogs? Uh, really, you, you could argue he was uh, the most reliable guy overall on what was the best defense in college football last year. And that's saying a lot because there was a ton of players on that on that defense that uh, really shined. Uh, but N'Kobe Dean to Philly, um, a guy who can play the flats. He, he's not one-dimensional. He can play on third down, uh, chase the ball sideline to sideline. I think he'd be a good pass coverage. He'd be a nice pick, I think, for Philly at 15. Right, well, then go to 16 with the Saints, and here's another one that the quarterback could come up here, but I'm, I'm going to lean against that here uh, and maybe reach a bit for a receiver that I like a lot is Traylon Burks from Arkansas. There's actually been some some talk about his stock sliding here, and and I think some of that, Chase, goes back to the combine. He didn't have a great workout. He ran like, like a 4-5-5, five, five. but when you watch this guy's tape, he is he is, he's a problem. For defenders, there, there, there are things he does that that I think fall into the unstoppable range in terms of just his size and how he's able to move and what he's able to do to to get high point throws, get the ball. I mean, he's exactly what you want. He reminds me of AJ Brown a lot. So I think uh, just me personally, I like Traylon Burks a lot, and I'm going to give him to the Saints here at 16. All right, moving on. Uh, that. Thanks. The first half of the first round went by pretty quickly. The second half of the first round might move a little slower, which is how it works in the real draft, too. You see cards get turned in awful quickly early, and it tends to slow down the later you get toward the end of the first round. The Chargers are up now, Gentry. And, you know, I would I would lean toward tossing a wide receiver their way, give Justin Herbert an extra weapon. Uh, he's such a talented guy. You give him a first-round receiver on top of what he's got there, uh, and it would be such a difference maker for that offense. But I can no longer sit here and watch Kayvon Thibodeau slip 
in our mock draft here, the kid from Oregon. Uh, we'll go ahead and give him to the Chargers right here at 17, which is definitely probably as, as uh, far as you'll see him fall uh, in any mock draft. And I think you can argue any of these guys we've picked ahead of them for the picks they're in. But look, Thibodeau uh, is a guy that could fit the Chargers nicely. And part of the reason is Joey Bosa can't do that pass rush by himself, right? He's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. But a dominant pass rush takes two. You can't do it with one. Uh, Thibodeau can give him that. And they were also terrible against the run last year. And I know stopping the run is not necessarily what Thibodeau is known for. Uh, but he's not bad in that regard either. I think Thibodeau would be a, a, a super value, maybe in terms of just straight value. Uh, hard to argue with him right here at 17 for, for the Chargers. It's hard to believe we uh, we let him slide that much. So I'll be uh, I'll be totally honest on the fact that uh, I uh, overlooked him maybe a bit on a uh, pick I made for edge rusher a few picks ago. So that's that's good eye for you. You're, <laughs> you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> that's what when you go back later and you go, man, how did I let him fall that far? Yeah. All right. We'll go uh, Eagles at 18. This is one we're combining on. You you got N'Kobe Dean for him a, a three picks ago. So I'm going to look at this and say Jamison Williams is going to have to go at some point. There, there's another one that I think we just can't let him fall any farther. So I'll, I'll say Jamison Williams to the Eagles here at 18. Teaming up with Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts. How about that? How about that triangle of former Alabama guys in Philly? There'd be uh, uh, some pretty deep balls going to those two. Williams, a super fast guy, real stretch the field guy. Uh, there's no doubt uh, he'd, he'd be a big help to, to Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. The New Orleans Saints uh, picking at 19, a, a team that, that, that also needs quite a bit of help. I uh, think they could use some help on the offensive line. I think they could use some help at wide receiver, too. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give them Drake London out of USC, uh, which will make back-to-back uh, -back wide receivers chosen here in this mock draft and also three of the last four picks now. We're, we're putting together a little run on receivers here in the middle of the first round, Gentry. You with uh, Traylon Burks going at 16 and then coming right back with Jamison Williams at 18 and I'll go Drake London at 19 fitting in with that Saints offense. If the Saints come out of this with Traylon Burks and Drake London, watch out. <laughs> that is that is going to be it makes you wonder I, they will trade Michael Thomas before the end of the night. <laughs> and get another first round pick now all right so at 20 i think we we need to go back to the quarterback i'll go kenny pickett to the steelers it just uh i think that's the the ghost of dan marino there there's a good pit quarterback and uh i don't think they're gonna let him get by him there so uh it, it's you know it's anyone's guess really with the quarterbacks once it gets to a point you know we already had willis and, and matt Cor corral go i i think I like Kenny Pickett a lot. I think he's going to go in the first round. So, Pitt, the Steelers make sense. Steelers do. Uh, definitely a home to guy that's got some experience at Heinz Field, right? Quarterback and uh, the Panthers up there. And, and uh, there's a relationship between the Steelers and the Pitt Panthers that's 
uh, unique, frankly. They, they, they've all, there's always been a little bit of a collaboration there that you don't see in other NFL cities that have major college football programs. So, uh, yeah, Kenny Pickett to, to the Steelers makes plenty of sense. 21, uh, the New England Patriots. Let's try to climb inside of Bill Belichick's head and crawl around for about 10 seconds and, and make the right pick for New England. Uh, a team that's getting a little long in the tooth for sure. In some areas, uh, I think they could, you know, J.C. Jackson, a guy they lost at cornerback. He could go a, a couple of different ways here. Uh, how about Jordan Davis, though, uh, the uh, nose guard out of Georgia uh, for the Patriots? Uh, he's a wrecking ball in the middle of a defense. Uh, we've seen Bill Belichick get a lot of mileage out of those type of guys in the past. Vince Wilfork comes to mind, Gentry. I think Jordan Davis, uh, and, and he's an athletic guy, too, uh, for uh, that massive size that he brings in. Jordan Davis from Georgia to New England right here, I think makes some sense for them. All right, now I'm, I'm going to go up. I'm, I'm running with the card up to for the Packers to get Chris Olave for Ohio State. If he, if he fell this far into, into pick 22, I, I, I love Chris Olave. I think he's going to be a great player in the league. And um, the, the Packers, you know, obviously without – Without uh, Devontae Adams anymore, and, and they're looking for targets for uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think in Olave, they're going to get a guy who's going to come in and be really good really quick. Um, so I, I like him uh, at 22 for the Packers. All right, there you have that. Uh, next up, we go Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'm going to go Trevor Penning there, the offensive tackle uh, from Northern Iowa. A guy I got to look at fairly closely at the Senior Bowl. Uh, tough guy. He's got an edge. He plays with. Uh, he almost plays like a defensive player. Uh, and you know he's athletic. He's big. He's strong. He brings it all. Obviously, the, the the competition is something that 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 drew some scouting questions with Trevor Penning. Uh, but I do think that that the Cardinals uh, could benefit for sure uh, from him. Uh, protecting Kyler Murray. So let's go Trevor Penning right there with the Cardinals at 23. All right. Um, 24 of the Cowboys. There, there's several different directions uh, the Cowboys could go with this. Uh, you know, I think you, you, you could look at offensive line. You could look at defensive line, you know, maybe even receiver. Uh, we, we've been pretty generous with the receivers so far in this. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, George Karlaftis from Purdue. Uh, the edge rusher. Yep. I feel like he's going to go in the first round at some point. And uh, I think that would be a pretty good pick for, for Dallas here at 24 to go with uh, Karlaftis. That, that's a guy who, uh, you know, Chase, we all, we so often see guys in the, in this draft who their stock starts slipping when you get to this time of year. It feels like his has gone up over the course of this whole process. I think it has. I think it has. And, and, and that's a, that's a nice fit there. Uh, the Bills up next, they picked 25th overall. Uh, I think they could use some wide receiver help. The trouble is we've torn through the wide receivers pretty good. The wide receiver board uh, is starting to look like a second-round board about at this point. So I don't know. Uh, if the Bills want a wide receiver at 25, I don't necessarily know that they could get the value given the scenario that you and I have just walked through. Uh I imagine they'll be hoping for some better options if that's what they're looking for. Uh, but sitting at 25, uh, they could go in a couple of other different directions for sure. Um, 
Dax Hill, the safety from Michigan, I think it'd be a nice fit in Buffalo right there. Uh, they got one of the better defenses in the NFL. He'd make it even better. One of the best overall teams in the NFL. Talent-wise, uh, Buffalo is 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 in a good position. Uh, so any addition for, for the Bills, I think, is, is a luxury pick. But Dax Hill, a nice fit there for Buffalo, I think, at 25. All right, next up is the uh, Tennessee Titans, the team I cover uh, on a regular basis. And I, I got this down to, to two. Um, they're going to, I think, I believe, and I truly believe during the uh, the draft on Thursday night, they're going to take a guard. I think it's either going to be Kenyon Green from Texas A&M or Zion Johnson from Boston College. I like Kenyon Green a little bit better, uh, but that's a really tough call. I think those are both two very, very good interior offensive linemen, but uh, we'll go with Kenyon Green from Texas A&M for the Titans at 26. Green off the board. To the Titans takes us to the 27th overall pick. Uh, that's going to be going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, super talented team as well. I think Tyler Linderbaum would be a nice fit for Tampa. He'd be uh, uh, a good value, I think, at this point in the draft at 27 for the Bucks. Comes out of Iowa. An interior guy can play a couple different spots. Uh, on that offensive line, let's go with Linderbaum here for the Bucks. Well, I, I get another pick for the Packers. They got a Chris Olave there at uh, 22, 28. I, I think they they you know you get a receiver and Olave kind of filling a big need. So I think they're they're kind of open to just take some chances here with this pick, be it a, a trade or kind of just do whatever. This 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 screams best available player on the board to to me. And, you know, you're kind of looking for, for who that might be, probably more than a fit at this point. And I'm going to go with uh, Devontae Wyatt, the D-lineman from Georgia. I don't feel like he is going to fall out of the first round, uh, despite some talk about his stock slipping lately. I, I think it'll be interesting, Chase, to see what teams prefer between him and Jordan Davis. Uh, I don't think it's obvious either way on which of those guys – I think Jordan Davis is is probably a better football player right now, but I think Devontae Wyatt projects a little more. And I think for the Packers, that's a good solid pick at 28 and a guy who they can rely on to come in and help. All right, we go to 29 now. That would be the Kansas City Chiefs picking in this spot. Again, kind of like the Bills. Uh, that's they can use for the Chiefs here. You got one. And I got, we got back-to-back Chiefs picks here. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, one for one for me, one for you. Interesting. The it's almost like the Bills situation, right? With the receivers, they lost Tyreek Hill uh, and and got a lot of value for him. But they could use a target for Patrick Mahomes. Again, we we've, we've blown out the receiver board pretty good. So I'm you may go there with a receiver. I'm going to go with Boye Mafe, the pass rusher from Minnesota. Uh, a guy who brings a lot of explosiveness off the edge would help that Kansas City defense a great deal. Uh, he's he's a special player. I think he's got a good chance, not guaranteed to go in the first round, but has a good, good chance to go round one. We'll go with Boye Mafe at 29. All right. I think the uh, – you know, kind of read my mind there with the wide receiver, but – you know, it's tough for the Chiefs because I feel like I don't think 
I know this sounds strange because they're about the last team in the league that would need it, but they might go tight end here. That's a team that, that likes to play multiple tight ends beyond Travis Kelsey. So I, it, it's, I, it would seem strange to even suggest this, I guess, but there is a good tight end in this draft who I think belongs possibly late first round. That's Trey McBride from Colorado state. So I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put, give the chiefs possibly a guy that some people think could be the Travis Kelsey and uh, give him that. Is that just ridiculous to think the chiefs would go for tight end in the first round out of any team? Yeah. (laughs) Travis Kelsey's in his early thirties, right? And it, yeah, it's a good point, but you know what? There are, even though need is, is, Certainly the priority for teams that need quarterbacks, priority for a lot of teams. They always say, look, we're looking to take the best player available regardless of position. I think teams adhere to that as the, as the draft moves on. They adhere the least to that in the first round. But certainly toward the back end of the first round, when you're talking about playoff teams that, that, that are – you know, that have are coming off 10 wins, 11 wins, whatever the case may be, those teams are more inclined to take the best player available. And and if he's that for the Chiefs, I could see it. I could see it. All right. Uh, Find what you're good at and run it up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, Gentry, uh, 10 and 7 last season, picking 31 overall. Just a fantastic year for for Cincinnati all the way around. Uh, I, I'm going to go Andrew Booth uh, here, the cornerback out of Clemson for Cincinnati. Uh, they could use some help for sure over there uh, on the corner to help with that defensive backfield. They could go in a couple of different directions. Obviously, they need offensive line help as well. Uh, had a big problem in the postseason protecting Joe Burrow. Nobody knows that better than you because you were on hand for that uh, sack fest in the postseason against Tennessee. So certainly an offensive lineman would would be a help to Cincinnati here. Uh, But I'm going to go cornerback Andrew Booth. I think a lot of the best offensive linemen are are off the board at this point. Uh, So the value for me lies with Booth. Maybe the Bengals shore up that offensive line uh, second round, third round, what have you. All right, last pick of the first round, the Lions. This is another one that could be quarterback, and we've been light on QBs in this. We've only had three taken uh, here in the first round. And I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm going to say quarterback. They do take one uh, to put behind Jared Goff, but it's not going to be Desmond Ritter. I'm going to say Sam Howell from North Carolina. That's a, uh, a guy who I think is being undervalued in this whole process. And because it's because I can, I'm going to mention Sam Howell as the first round uh, ends here in our mock draft experiment. Won't be a shock, you know, and, and uh, you see teams. I think there's a pre- there's certainly a preference for taking uh, quarterbacks in the first round, too, because if you hit on one, you've got that extra year of control, right, with that fifth year team option. Uh, so I could see that with Sam Howell, an athletic guy, probably had a better season uh, in 2020 than he did in 2021, uh, which is perhaps one reason why he's not being touted as, as uh, uh, you know, a, a, an elite guy or somebody who's, who's liable to be the first quarterback off the board. Uh, that being said, Sam Howell closing things out 
the North Carolina Tar Heels uh, to finish off our mock draft here on the Draftville Draftville podcast. Been a lot of fun. Yeah, if you go back on Hal, if you go back and watch him, uh, this is a quarterback that I think there's some concern that he he's not going to hold up physically in the NFL because he tries to run over people. Uh, he, yeah, I was I watched him, and it's amazing to me to see he's a lot faster than I think people would thought would have thought. But he doesn't try to run by people; he tries to run over people, and I think that fits the coach in Detroit pretty well. I think he's going to probably see that and and like it a little bit, and see what Sam Howell can do. You know who else is going to have to learn that lesson is Malik Willis. Uh, because he would at at his size, he wasn't afraid to take on linebackers and DBs when he tucked the ball and ran. Uh, I watched Willis. I was in Oxford uh, in November when Liberty played uh, Ole Miss, and he got sacked. I want to say nine times. I mean, he just there was nothing for him to. There was nowhere for him to go because Liberty just just couldn't block Ole Miss at all. Uh, but when he did tuck it and took off, he wasn't sliding for Ole Miss or anybody else. He was taking guys on. That's something that will have to get coached out of both those guys at the NFL level, I think. Anyway, been a lot of fun, Gentry, to close things out here with this quick mock draft on the Draftville podcast. Uh, six weeks in, it's a wrap, and uh, now it's 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 all over. But uh, but the the real picks, the pros making these picks tomorrow night. Yep, so that'll, that'll do it for our final pre-draft edition of the Draftville podcast. We hope you'll subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever it is you get your podcast. Please drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. We'd appreciate five stars. For Chase Goodbread, I'm Gentry Estes. Thanks for listening. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.